1: Hello and welcome to the Beckett's and T NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. My guest, you know him, you love him. Uh, his cat might make an appearance. It's very exciting on a Thursday morning. It's Oren Weisfeld. How you doing? Pop, pop,
0: You know, <laughs> good. I felt like that was the appropriate like sound for to come yeah, for- after your intro. Yeah.
1: Honestly. Wow. Is that, are you claiming that my intro needs more, more? No, or... I think
0: you did a good job hyping me up and then you just need to press a button that goes, bah, 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 you know? Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Anyways,
1: Appreciate that's it. how
0: I feel. Uh, I'm on, I'm on my <laughs> second cup of coffee. So Ooh, I'm, I'm two. roaring to go. All relative right. Relative To my normal self. Yeah.
1: Do you, How many cups of coffee do you normally have? Two. Two. Okay. Two? Okay. So this is a routine. Typically just one but i have like a proper like espresso machine so i make mm. myself a latte
0: okay i have an espresso machine too but i actually usually choose not to use it i go for the stovetop one i don't know why just uh i like a just cup in the cool. morning. i like a large portion i don't want to like i don't yeah i don't want to do that <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, I'm really glad we have that. My morning
0: honestly got off to kind of a shitty start because I hope I can swear because I don't have any milk today, so it's a black coffee day.
1: Right. That's that would be. I would I would order a coffee if I didn't have milk in the house.
0: Wow. I'd be be like McDonald's
1: breakfast. That's kind of bougie. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Um, Okay, we have so much basketball to talk about here. Uh, We have the Denver Nuggets officially in the NBA finals. I said it last week. I felt like this team deserves to be in the finals. I feel like they've been the most consistent all season long. Uh, And personally, I'm very happy to see them there. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the Denver Nuggets and their lack of media coverage throughout the season and really just throughout this whole recent tenure, which is accurate. I mean, J.J. Redick went on a tangent about how the NBA doesn't do like a great job or like the media, the NBA media doesn't do a great job covering its sport because this was the number one team in the West, this is a two-time MVP and yet like how many games are on the air? And then you just recently sent me this, that was going on Twitter this morning. Where's my chat? I have too many tabs open. Too many tabs open. Let's just reopen the tab. That's <laughs> I just have them right beside each other now uh, from Chris Maddox of Sports Illustrated, basically saying, quote, that this team is not compelling. And by not compelling, he means a lack of drama. So, Orin, how do you feel about all this?
0: Um, in terms of the coverage thing, It's not new or surprising. I think JJ Redick is a guy that has been very outspoken about this for a long time. And you need to look no further than his media company acquiring the Dunker Spot podcast, which is like an X's and O's basketball podcast. And they acquired it because JJ is very passionate about actually talking about like the game and the X's and O's and feels that the media doesn't do a good job of that. And I definitely agree. I think there needs to be more of a place for that. Um, There will always be a place, though, for the Stephen A. Smiths of the world. That's just how the NBA media machine works. Like, I know we're going to talk about LeBron later, but that's another example where LeBron chooses to have some cryptic quote, and then the league spends two days talking about that instead of the Nuggets or the Heat or whatever it is. That's just how things are these days I've gotten pretty accustomed to it but in terms of the Nuggets specifically um like it's true to an extent like what Chris Mannix said like the Nuggets don't have the drama the Lakers have they don't have the dysfunction that the Warriors have but that's like a that should be a celebrated that they're this team that just like does their business shows up on the court is dominant it since the start of the playoffs and goes home I don't know why we need to celebrate the dysfunction at all turns. And yeah, it it feels wrong to me that like someone is saying and, and he's rightfully getting killed for it, like that the teams that are most dysfunctional are the ones that should get the most coverage because then teams are incentivized to be dysfunctional, right? Uh-huh. And it's like teams should be incentivized to do what the Nuggets are doing, which is like, Everything that they do should be oriented around playing the best basketball possible. They shouldn't be worried about stirring up the media or giving cryptic quotes or whatever it may be. So credit to the Nuggets. Um, I I think on the court, they're a fascinating team. Like, I don't even think you can argue that they're a boring team on the court. Off the court, sure. Like, Jokic isn't out here talking about his horses. Like, he's a pretty black and white (laughs) vanilla guy he's a vanilla guy and and that's just what it is and but but on the court there's a lot of fun stuff with the nuggets
1: yeah I mean I think you know you make a lot of great points and maybe this is the nuggets like legacy is the fact that there is no drama with this team right it's like it's just on the court they're excellent they're very professional they're kind of boring I mean it kind of reminds me not team wise but just in terms of like literally like just their personality of like the San Antonio Spurs, right? Like during the Tim Duncan era, um, they didn't really have any drama, nothing that I remember, nothing significant. And they just kind of went about their business and consistently won. And maybe the Nuggets are the same way. And it's just taking the league longer than it should really to catch on. And I think for all the like lack of drama and maybe they don't have any like uh, Storylines for an hour of first take every week, but that doesn't mean we don't air their games. I think that's kind of the difference here, right? Where it's like, it's one thing to like, okay, they're not in the spotlight in that way, but to have a lack of like game coverage throughout the season, I feel is like mm-hmm. more on the disrespectful side.
0: Yeah, it's not just disrespectful. I think it's bad for the league. Like, You want to put teams on nationally televised games that are going to attract new casual fans. And like, if we want to talk about the on-court stuff, we just watch the Lakers play the Nuggets. Who's a more entertaining team? To me, it's the Nuggets, honestly. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned the Spurs, like with all due respect to Tim Duncan, Jokic is a way more entertaining player to watch. He's insane. He grabs rebounds and he runs the length of the court and he's kind of fat. And he can shoot a three. Yeah. And yet he can weave like the final bucket to beat the Lakers. He like weaved in between two players, like uh, the double team came and, and like somehow got up like a little floater. And it's just like, this guy is so unique in terms of like NBA history. We haven't seen a lot of big guys like this. So, I love watching the Nuggets. I think they're a fascinating team to watch. And so when we're just talking about, like, what could help the league if you want to put, talk about nationally televised games, yeah, I think we should be putting the best, most entertaining teams on as much as possible. Because, like, what do they get out of the Lakers being dysfunctional when it comes to, like, a a regular, like, a game, a regular season game? I don't really understand how that translates to, like, more views of course it's the lakers so that's a bad example but like what do they get from putting the warriors on tv a bunch this season when the warriors were pretty bad this season um i, I don't really know i
1: mean i guess it's just like it's the it's the marketing of individual stars right so it's like steph curry lebron like everybody knows mm-hmm. who those guys are and they've really like kind of carried the league for well i mean lebron obviously for like 20 years but steph for the last Almost ten years, maybe eight years, and I think it's a mistake on not not I shouldn't say the NBA's part. Let's say ESPN's part, frankly, and TNT and like those media outlets to not also give Jokic that spotlight because mm-hmm. these guys only have so many years left, mm-hmm. and yep. you need to market that new generation. And I think like like you know there are players that they've given that attention to Luca. Right. Um, To some degree, Trey Young, um, you know, John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, because I think they just have a very flashy style of playing. But, you know, meanwhile, Jokic has been the one winning. Yeah. this whole time so it's just it's it's very odd that we've really missed the mark on the nuggets i mean i've been talking about the nuggets on this podcast pat myself on the back a little bit uh for most of the season saying this team looks really good they look like a championship team and here they are i would consider them the favorites to win it all regardless of what happens with uh miami and boston and i'm happy for them that they are finally getting their due
0: yeah, no, me too. I've I've been on them for a while. I I think this is a bigger conversation. Um, I've had it. I don't know if you know Aiden at Raptors Republic, Aiden Moss, but we have this conversation where it's like he worries about the future of the NBA because all these guys, LeBron, Steph, CP, they're all aging out. And the NBA doesn't have that next superstar to fill in the mold, but that is the NBA's choosing. Like there are – and it's basically comes down to there's there's no American superstar to fill that role, but there's a lot of other, there's Giannis, mm. there's Luka, and there's Jokic who the NBA could very easily rally around one of, or multiple of those guys and put them front stage in their leagues because like ESPN and TNT, I'm sorry, but the NBA has a lot of power with how they market those like, yes through those media companies. So I think, I think, yeah, when we talk about that stuff, it's like Jason Tatum. He has talked about so much. Why? Because he's American. He's not even that good, like compared <laughs> to the Giannis's of the world. I'm sorry. Well, and he's, he's on
1: the Celtics, and he's on the Celtics.
0: Yes, helps. but he's he's American, and I really think that's what it comes down to. They are hesitant to to brand an international star.
1: You know what? I actually really love this theory, Um, theory slash fact, because I think there's a lot of proof there because I, you know, aging myself as I do every episode. I I felt this way about Kobe when Kobe was like nearing the end Mm. of his career, not when he retired, but, you know, during the Achilles era, because I was like, man, we've been marketing Kobe and LeBron and all these guys for so long right? Who's it going to be? And then suddenly like Kevin Durant emerges, right? In Oklahoma city. And then they had James Harden and Westbrook on that team. And I was like, this is the future of the NBA right here. And that was like a small market team, Hmm. a new market, a brand new market, small market. Um, and they marketed the hell out of that team and mm. kevin durant is american so i'm mm. like oh that's super interesting because mm. oklahoma city is so small like kevin I, re- I will never forget this kevin durant was on jimmy kimmel and he talked about hanging out at the apple store because there was nothing to do in oklahoma city like that's how small it is
0: like taking pictures on the photo booth
1: yeah, yeah. Like just I know like... those
0: ones. I used to go to my friends <laughs> up to the Apple board in the mall. Could and you
1: <laughs> I mean, imagine Kevin Durant, one of NBA's yeah. biggest stars. Just maybe that's why Apple he
0: became Star. a podhead. I think. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, so that's how small of a market Oklahoma City was, and yet they got all this attention. And maybe oh my mic, sorry. Yeah, maybe that is the difference. And so yeah, that's that's especially why I love that theory.
0: Yeah, I think I think it made sense, like just to wrap up the subject, because I know we weren't here to talk about international guys getting shaded by the NBA. But like, I I think it made sense for a while in the KD days. But now the league is so global that I actually think that they would get a lot out of marketing these international stars and just like American fans of the NBA, like they're generally a progressive group. They're not just gonna turn out of the NBA because or tune out because all of a sudden it's not Jason Tatum who's front and center. It's Giannis. Like I think I think there's a lot of growth opportunity there globally, not so much in the States, but globally if if they go in that direction. And yeah, I think the league's in a position where they're probably ready to to do that.
1: Yeah. And just like lean into your best players why not yeah. um okay let's let's move on and talk about lebron and his clickbaity quote uh that we've already alluded to where he <laughs> contemplates retiring um i think we all know that lebron will not just spontaneously retire uh but Oren, what is how do you feel about all this unless you've already you're yeah. like i said it catherine i already said it
0: no, some of my things though are just going to be regurgitations from other podcasts I've, I've heard to be honest but like one is that if he won the chip maybe he would retire on top this season because oh. they got surprisingly close and it feels it felt like like they're not gonna have that opportunity going forward like it felt kind of like things broke right for them they were really close and the west is only getting better so i I think maybe if he won, he would have actually just retired. There's no way he's retiring. The one possibility I do think, and I've seen floated around, is that, like, worst case, he takes a year off from basketball, comes back, you know, heals his foot, and then joins his son. I think more likely it's just to put pressure on the Lakers front office specifically pressure that can alleviate him of some of his regular season duties. I don't think he wants to play 82 games next season. No, So I think this is like a restock the team, make it so that like I can even come back like a a month into the season or something. Like that's what I think LeBron wants. I'm just guessing here because he just like he's 40 and he just went to the Western Conference Finals. And I think he's just like, I can't keep doing the 82 game thing and then doing it all in the playoffs. Also, like you have to build a team that can sustain it without me and I'll join you when you need me. That's that's kind of the like pressure I think he's putting on the Lakers.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think like the funny thing about the Lakers is that they keep (laughs) being in a position where they have to like trade the people that have been working for them to try and improve and then it backfires so I guess like my fear for them is that the same thing's going to happen like they're going to trade like Austin Reeves and like these guys that were really good for them this year because their trade value is high and then they're not going to get the return that they hoped for because I think despite having an excellent second half of the season they are going to make a lot of offseason moves to try and get over this hump I don't know exactly how they're going to do that But I agree with you. I think they're putting a lot of this pressure on LeBron. Or sorry, LeBron's putting all this pressure on the Lakers so he doesn't have to carry the load so much. But I also feel like so much of this needs to come on Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis overall was great. I mean, he had some inconsistent games. But Mm. I felt when they made this whole deal, the whole point was for Anthony Davis to become the leader of this team. And I feel like despite how great he is, that hasn't f- been fully realized. Am I crazy? Um, you can say yes.
0: I mean, I disagree. Like, I think it was kind of a minor miracle that he even got through the playoffs as well as he did, just given like his injury history. I don't think you could have asked for more from him, given his, his kind of recent history offensively. Um, so I think AD was really good. He's never gonna be like a Jokic Embiid, like monster offensive player. I think LeBron was really good, all things considered. I think what they were able to piece together with like Reeves, Hachimura, um, D'Angelo Russell was like surprising to me. I'm surprised they made the Western Conference final. I think this Lakers season was a success, all things considered um massive success. yeah I think if they improve those like the D'Angelo Russell's I think that might be Kyrie Irving next season for example I think if they do those kind of things they'll be a better team but I don't think they can ask AD to score 25 points a game like I think their scoring has to come they, they actually built the blueprint really well this season. The scoring comes from like these score first guards. And then LeBron and AD are like LeBron's like the Swiss army knife, best role player in the league is how I would describe him this, this playoffs. And then AD is like their defensive fulcrum.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I just feel like I want Anthony Davis to be more of a leader. But I agree with everything you're saying basketball wise. like I also am concerned, right. you know, bringing in Kyrie, I mean, come on, like
0: of course. like I know no advocating for it. I I'm know it's saying, gonna
1: happen. Yeah. I know it's gonna happen, and we, whatever. We already know what's gonna happen with that. But I do think like moving off of DAngelo Russell will be smart, but I actually mm-hmm. think that's the only player. that they should really consider trading. I think you keep everyone else as much as you can because you are getting max value out of these role players, and I'd hate to see them make the same mistake they did when they got rid of like Kuzma and all those guys for for Westbrook.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they need depth. Like Again, going back to what I said about LeBron and AD, those are both guys who you can't count on to carry you through a regular season. That's why I think Kyrie is likely because he's actually – Actually, like, he hasn't played a lot, (laughs) but when Kyrie is on, he's a guy who can literally win you regular season games just by scoring Uh 40 points. So that's why I kind of think he's likely, and then, yeah, you got to keep all the depth you can around him because LeBron and AD are going to miss a lot of games.
1: Yeah, and Kyrie is going to miss games for some other random reasons probably. Um, Yeah. yeah.
0: Conferences, you know. Uh,
1: I think LeBron has two years left. That would be my prediction. I think he has two more seasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Unless he wins, he'll go out on top.
1: Yeah. Very, very fair. Um, Okay, let's move on and talk a little Heat Celtics. I thought I'd be talking about another sweep, but uh, the Celtics took game four. I admittedly missed this game because I was too busy meeting Janet Jackson uh, after oh, a yeah. concert. Congrats. So I had I had a whole, thank you so much. I had a whole moment. So sadly, I didn't see this one game. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, talk about biased media. Maybe that's like the theme of this whole episode, honestly, because there is a lot of Boston media in nba coverage right yeah and there's a lot of talk about how the celtics can be the first team to come back being down 0-3. are you buying this hype also this could age very poorly as this episode comes out tomorrow and they have a game tonight (laughs) so just you know if that happens apologies but we're in the moment we're going to talk about it
0: uh i don't buy the hype no I think, like, the talking points, people have to sustain themselves with these talking points because there's nothing else to talk about, right? Like, the Nuggets swept the Lakers. What else are people going to talk about other than, like, okay, well, this series is still going on. How long can it go? Um, it does suck that Gabe Vincent is out tonight. That was my fear. I watched the second half of the game, and he injured his ankle. So maybe Kyle Lowry starts in his place. That is a big blow for the Heat. I mean, of course, like, there are legitimate factors to think the Celtics could do this. Like, they're the number two seed playing the number eight seed. The Heat have gotten extremely lucky with their shooting this series. But it comes down to this. It's like either Jimmy has one more big game where he scores 40 and they win, or the Celtics shit themselves again and they lose. Like, that just has to happen one out of the next three games. One of those things. And I I, I think one of those things will happen um because the celtics have just been a extremely inconsistent team there's no reason to believe all of a sudden they just figured it out and are going to like go on this amazing run um they've had too much opportunity to show that they could do that and fail to do that so yeah i just i, I don't believe that all of a sudden that's going to come now
1: um yeah i completely agree with you I, uh, I also don't, like, injuries aside, I don't see the Miami Heat just completely collapsing like that either. And yeah. we all know Jimmy Butler is capable of a hero game. Um, yeah. Assuming we see a Nuggets-Heat finals, what do you think happens there?
0: Uh, I would pick the Nuggets. It's going to be interesting because they're two teams that play really similarly. Like a lot of their stuff runs through their bigs. Bam loves those DHOs. He loves finding guys cutting back door, just like Jokic does. And it'll be, it'll be a good, I think competitive series. I think like Jimmy will probably guard Jamal Murray when it matters most. And that really could hurt the nuggets because Murray thrives on bullying smaller guards, really more than anything. You can't bully Jimmy Butler. So, yeah, like Jimmy and Bam defending the Jokic Murray two-man game is like you you can't ask for two better defenders, right? To to stop that two-man game. So, I actually think the Heat are built pretty well to stop the Nuggets relative to most teams. Um, like the Lakers, for example, they didn't have that Jamal Murray defender, like LeBron, but that's not ideal they didn't have like a guy who could do it and stay on the floor. Um, Cause like Vanderbilt could do it, but he couldn't stay on the floor offensively. So yeah, like the heat, you can't really count them out at this point. They just keep surprising us again. The nuggets are more talented, just like the Celtics were, but the heat keep making this run. So it's hard to bid against them. But with that being said, I think Jokic is the best player in the series. I think the, the Nuggets are the most well-rounded team and the deepest team in the playoffs. Um, they, no one has been able to shut off their water yet, and that's you have to stop them from scoring to beat them. And that's the interesting thing about the Nuggets. Like going back to the first point, is I, I was high on them all year, but my my one hesitancy, like everyone's, was like their defense is okay. And most teams to win an NBA championship need to be like a top ten defense. That's like this historical trend we've always had and they weren't and and even in the playoffs they're like the eighth best defense in the playoffs and yet they're doing it so they're kind of bucking a trend and maybe proving that in the modern nba offense can get you there just like an elite elite offense so i'll be curious to see if the heat can shut it off a little bit but so far nobody has and i kind of think the nuggets are gonna you know they'll have home court I think they'll do it in like seven, to be honest.
1: Seven? You think it's good? Yeah, seven I think it'll be
0: good. Can't can't, can't count out with the Heat. Can't disrespect them now.
1: Wow. I mean, this does feel like the year where anything could happen because so much has already gone that way. Um, I would love for that to go seven games.
0: Oh, same. I'm manifesting um, it because we just got like two potential sweeps in the conference finals, so we deserve it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I was thinking, like, honestly, I was like nuggets in five. That's what I was oh, wow. thinking. <laughs> but you have convinced me otherwise, and honestly, your pick is just more fun. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about some Raptors. Oh, no, wait. We have one more NBA topic to talk about. We don't have to go too deep into this. Um, I just want to quickly talk about John Morant. Um, it's not good. Basically, he uh, he had a, a Instagram post yesterday Uh, that was a bit troubling Uh, he kind of posted you know like you know loving his mom loving his dad loving his kid and then having the caption bye Um, he a lot of people were concerned there was like a distress call made Um, police visited him he's fine Uh, but he said that he's going to take a break from social media for a bit I just want to say like man you know there was a lot of conversations about like John Morant, you know, not hanging out with the right people and this and that. I think it's clear that this is like so much more serious than that. And uh really just honestly, like I know he says like he's gonna take the time to work on himself. Really hope he just really does take the time to do that. It's hard. It is not easy. Mm-hmm uh to get help i think people always say like you know just get help just reach out it's not always easy to do that i think it's it's important to acknowledge that that's hard to do and uh you know he's young and i really hope he spends this off season doing that um i just had to note it i just had to acknowledge it because it's it's not like a debate topic by any means it's just something that felt important to acknowledge because it's like he's such a huge star in this league and it's a and it's a very serious issue
0: yeah no Like you said, it's like bigger than basketball. Like if it has to bleed into next season and he has to miss even like a whole season, like that's fine. It's Mm -hmm. like do whatever you got to do to get yourself back on track and then worry about the NBA later. It's always going to be there for him as long as he wants it to be. So I don't think he should be rushed to being back in the locker room because as soon as you do that, your life revolves around your NBA team. I would imagine it's very hard to work on yourself when you're in the middle of an NBA season. So Mm -hmm. this is definitely the time to do it. If he has to take time off the season, I hope he does that. But yeah, I mean, definitely just hoping for the best for him.
1: Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't think anybody who listens to the show would do anything like that, but do anything like what I'm about to say, but like, don't send this guy hate online even though he's saying he's taking a break from social media, you don't know when he's going to log back in. You know, the last thing he needs is like hateful comments from fans or this and that that could like, you know, upset him or anything like that. So just, you know, respect people online. Don't do anything like that. And just, you know, hope for the best. Um, Okay. Let's move on to the Raptors. Uh, We are having an active slash non-active offseason so far. Uh, Every week there's a new coach uh, that emerges in rumors and interviews and conversations. Uh, This past week, it's been Steve Nash, uh, who has interviewed with the team. There's reports that the interview went well. One thing I find interesting about that is that I haven't seen other people say like, oh, yeah, like their interview went great. You know what I mean? And like in like media talk. Because I don't think anyone's interview would go poorly. I mean, these are all highly accomplished individuals that they're interviewing. So, uh, Oren, what do you think about Steve Nash coaching the Raptors?
0: Hmm. I haven't, like, gotten there, like, mentally yet. Um, (laughs) It seems out of, it just seems unlikely still, I guess, to me. I feel like he's – I would love him on the bench as an assistant coach just because, like, I've always wanted him in the organization in some way. And it feels like he should be a part of the organization. It's felt that way for a while. But, um, yeah, to make the jump to head coach for this team is a little scary to me just because this team is – feels a little bit like they need someone who is experienced and will get everyone on their p's and q's is that the saying i don't know but like get everyone straightened (laughs) out and i think steve nash he he's a little just more like it's just a little more risky like he doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience. The head coaching experience he has is with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And we all know that those guys essentially like ran the team. So this is such a different situation for him. And with, for a guy with such little head coaching experience, I'm a little afraid to bring him in um, and coach this team. Now, if the Raptors rebuild and I know we're going to get into this, but if they choose to like really blow it up and like go young, then I'm down for a guy like Steve Nash because then you have time to grow into the role. But if they run back a similar team and they want to win next season and be competitive again, which they do because they just traded their pick next season, Mm -hmm. um, there are other guys I would take over Steve Nash if that's the case for sure. Monty Williams being one of them. I think Sergio in, in in Spain being another one. Those are guys that I like.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. I feel like with so many coaching vacancies, it feels like the Raptors might not get one of these top guys because there's just too many other options for somebody like a Monty Williams, right? Like he could end up coaching Giannis. He could end up coaching Embiid.
0: Yep. I mean, that is definitely the common thought. I've seen a lot of people being like, nobody wants to coach the Raptors. I tend to usually end up on the Raptors side of things. So maybe like take that. I'm biased. I tend to be like an optimist for the Raptors. But if you're Monty Williams, yes, if you walk into Philadelphia, you're walking into a win now situation. However, it feels a lot less sustainable than whatever is going to happen in Toronto in the sense that. Harden could walk. and Embiid could ask for a trade a year from now. It's just like, what are you? You know that Philly is a really hectic organization. You just don't know. Milwaukee has Giannis, but they're also old around him, and you don't know how long Giannis is going to be there for. So if you look at the superstars, you're never going to choose Toronto. But if you look at the organization, which I think coaches do, and like the stability, the ownership, the management, I think Toronto is still an attractive option.
1: I think that's an excellent point. I definitely agree. Like Philadelphia is not the coaching destination. It looks like on paper. I do think Milwaukee is though. Like, I don't, I don't think Giannis would just leave Milwaukee easily. Hmm. I don't, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would just demand a trade unless things really went South with that team. I think there's like, well,
0: they were, they did just go south, but heat. you know what I mean. Like I
1: don't, I don't know. I don't think he's.
0: No, I get what you mean. He's he not he that seems kind of guy. he seems
1: quite loyal, is what I'm saying. Um,
0: uh, I the impression I got was that he signed the extension, won a championship, and I think that's about what he owes to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's there his whole career.
1: Okay, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, maybe he won't be there his whole. Well, hold on. How do I feel about this? no i don't think he's there for his whole career per se but i i don't know he's just not this like he just doesn't seem like the type of person that's like i don't know he just seems very very loyal to me like he loves milwaukee he loves his teammates he loves his family like he's not this like i want to go to the lakers type of player
0: I was about to say, he doesn't strike me as a big market guy at all, but he strikes me as a guy who cares about his legacy and winning. So I could see him wanting to go to another place, not the Lakers, not the Knicks, but like Dallas, Miami, Toronto, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I agree with that. Um so you think okay i was gonna ask you out of all the coaches (laughs) that we know are around are available you think it's monty williams or uh oh my god how do i pronounce his name from spain sergio
0: let's just Sergio. i don't know either
1: uh or sergio we love sergio he was an assistant with us during our championship season um i was thinking jerry stackhouse i've been i've been Yes mm-hmm. to Jerry Stackhouse having a head coaching job in the NBA. I think he'd be a great fit with the Raptors. I'm wondering, I feel like this is just my personal theory. I haven't seen this out there. In these coaching interviews, I wonder if they're pitching to Messiah and Bobby, the direction that the team should go in. Do they want to go young? Do they want to keep? don't think so. You don't think so? Or they're just like, with your current roster as it exists, this is what I would do with this team. You think that's how it's going?
0: Yeah, and just, like, basketball philosophy because I think Masai and Bobby are very, like, yeah. Even Nick Nurse, who had a lot of power, I don't think he was dictating draft picks and stuff like that. No. I think those guys really differentiate coaching from, like, the executive ranks. So I think they make those decisions on which way the team is going to go and the coach just has to coach whatever team is there. Um So, yeah, I don't know how much they'll actually get into, like, how are you going to put our player? Because some of those players are maybe going to be gone this Mm offseason. But more so, like, coaching philosophy and, like, uh, I think those are the conversations that are being had.
1: How do you feel about Nick Nurse landing one of these other jobs next season?
0: I mean... I think it's for the best. Like Nick needs to be with a veteran team that is ready to compete for a championship. He should not be with a young team. Um, that's why the Houston thing never made sense to me. Although Houston is not going to be young. I think they're going to really change that team. But yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I'm, I mean, good for him. He's a good head coach. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all that all these teams want him. He'll get a job um i don't really know what else there is to say about it
1: <laughs> i i think he needed a year off i think he needs a year off i think he needs to he does I think, like yeah, yeah like
0: but whatever. but
1: he won't take it the opportunities are there he won't take it but he needs a year off he needs to like
0: regroup he needs to this is a beca- guy who, he needs like, to
1: become 2019 nick nurse again because i i, I me, talking about how
0: I, you sound he like changed how I imagine his wife sounds. Yeah. She's probably like, you need <laughs> yeah. a year off, Nick. We need a year off as the family. Like, she's definitely saying that. But this is a guy, th- th- and I agree, but this is a guy who grinded his way up international basketball playing in a different country or coaching in a different country for like 20 straight years. So he doesn't strike me as like, let me go to Hawaii for a year and really think about this. Like, he doesn't strike me as that type of guy. Me personally, I would take that money and run away forever. Like I'm never going back to the NBA, but we're we're different. I'm not a grinder in the same way.
1: I mean, I I think I consider myself ambitious, but if I had that many millions of dollars, then yeah, I think I would reconsider <laughs> what I'm doing. Um okay, I wanted to ask you Oren because uh you know, Raptors Republic fans love you and I know they want your take on this. If you were Masai and if you're Bobby, and you were in charge of what direction you take this team in, what would you do?
0: All right. I apologize if this isn't the most like I've, I've given this take now on three pods in the last couple of days. So, okay. You should have told me that it it's no, but I'm happy to talk about it, but I know like a lot of people are talking about Eric's piece in the athletic, which I read about an ideal Raptors offseason. season. Uh, I know Eric wanted more hate on his piece. He he asked for that on Twitter because people were seeming to agree <laughs> with it too much for his liking. As like, uh, that's yeah. really so, funny.
1: So,
0: so uh, I'll give you some hate, Eric. I enjoyed the piece. <clears throat> I, I was with it until we got to the Fred Van Vliet trade part of it, which I pretty adamantly disagreed with. So like, my direction is trade one of the wings, either OG or Siakam, for the right exciting piece don't trade them for like future draft picks but like the the exciting pieces to me are like scoot henderson if he's available at three for portland's pick that's exciting like that's something that raptors fans can get behind next season and the other guy is jalen brown um who clearly has a rocky little thing going on with the celtics is eligible for the supermax which is a lot of money and he's a flawed player but He's the type of player that I would get excited about if you want to kind of shake up. That's really what I think they need is a bit of a shake up with the roster and not a teardown, but just like you bring in Jalen Brown, for example, you get more shooting and you get more shot creation. Um, you lose a bit, of, a bit of playmaking, especially if it's Siakam going out the door, but like this team has quite a bit of playmaking with Pirtle and Barnes and uh, Fred. So that's what I would do. I would trade one of the wings for one of those packages if you can do it and then i would keep fred unless you're getting like a point guard replacement Mm -hmm. um i just don't like the idea of trading fred for like eric had lonzo and patrick williams that's like definitely there is a high upside there where Lonzo ball comes back and can play basketball and patrick williams develops into this three and deep wing there's also a real really realistic outcome where Lonzo Ball never plays basketball for the Toronto Raptors. And Patrick Williams is what he is at this point. And in that case, you just lost a really good player in the prime of his career in, in Fred Van Vliet for not a whole lot. So I don't like the idea of doing that. If you want to stay competitive, you bring back Fred or, you know, get another good veteran point guard in the door. And you reshape the team a little bit by trading one of those wings um, you get the depth through that 13th pick and through the, through the mid-level exception and then you run it back.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think that's very well thought out. I think with, wow, I didn't know about the Lonzo ball uh, part of it there in his thing. I think like you only do that if Fred has explicitly told you he's not coming back.
0: Sure. And then sure. you're in a yeah. sign
1: and trade situation where like, that's your only option. I think that's the only world where that would be like acceptable um i am a big fan of this og and ob portland pick trade i'm big i i think that would be i feel like that's a good trade for both teams Mm because i love og but I do think like that would make a lot of sense for us. And I think it makes a lot of sense for them. And I think I was watching this live stream of like these Portland Trailblazer fans watching the uh, the draft lottery. They were losing their minds when they made it to the top four. And then suddenly they got very sad when they realized they weren't getting Wemby. And I was like. You don't know what you have. You suddenly have got one of the best trade chips in Mm -hmm. this whole offseason. So, yeah, I mean, I I was talking about them last week, like keeping the pick and getting rid of Lillard and like trying to do like a multi-team trade to get like a really good package back there. I don't think they're getting rid of Lillard. I said that last week they're not they're not gonna do it, although mm. I think they should. I think it's time, <laughs> but they're not gonna do it and uh yeah i I feel like that feels very sound to me moving off of o g keeping Pascal, keeping Fred, keeping Scotty, keeping Pertle. um, what do you think happens with Gary Trent jr?
0: I think he's gone.
1: you think we're just losing him?
0: yep. I think they lose him for nothing. Uh, I think there's a chance he picks up his player option if he just doesn't have a market and comes back, but I don't know why he would want to do that because he's he'll be coming off the bench and he could just go somewhere else on a one-year deal and play and start and, and boost his value. So I don't think they want to invest in him long-term considering he just hasn't developed enough, I don't think, for the Raptors' front office liking. I am not particularly torn on like losing him for nothing. I don't think that's a huge deal. Like in hindsight we should have just kept Norman Powell, of course, but it's it's a sunk cost at this point. I don't think it's a huge deal. I think you can replace him with with that 13th pick. There seems to be a few guys in that range who can immediately come in and give you some scoring at the very least off your bench and that's that's all you really ask Trent to do. So that's that's where I'm at with him.
1: Yeah yeah i mean i think he was a fan favorite i think he was well liked i think because he's
0: handsome
1: he's handsome and i think and and the fashion part
0: of it but i
1: think uh i felt like i saw some improvements defensively i liked that he was going after steals um but yeah, it is unfortunate. We really should have just kept Norm and just paid him, honestly. Uh, Norm
0: was so good against the 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 Phoenix in that series. I was, like, so mad. I was yeah. so frustrated. Like, because he basically became their first option when PG and Kawhi went down. Yeah. And I was just like, well, it'd be nice to have this guy off our bench.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, the front office takes a little bit of an L for that. For um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oren... That has been our episode. Do you have any any parting thoughts?
0: Um, parting thoughts, parting thoughts. I'm excited for the draft. Uh, I think it'll be a big night for the Raptors. And even that 13th pick, like the Raptors haven't picked that high very often, other than Scotty, obviously. It's been a very long time. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for what the front office can do with that pick because I still believe in this front office, unlike a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So... I, I I'm pretty excited about whichever young player that turns out to be. Um, and even if they don't make any drastic changes and bring back a similar group next season, I'll still be excited because I do think that this team is talented. They just haven't been able to figure out how to put all the pieces together. Um, so maybe a new head coach can do that. And i'm uh, I'm excited to just be a fan again next season. Go to go to a game as a fan, you know. I think I'll write about the team a little less, so I'll just be able to enjoy it a little more.
1: You're not going to be covering like the Raptors like every game.
0: No, I don't think so next season.
1: What are you going to be doing?
0: I'm trying to branch out. uh, Write about the NBA. Write about the WNBA. Just, just, just trying to be a little more broad in my approach uh, about, yeah,
1: yeah, I i completely agree with that approach i think that's great i mean this show is obviously half nba half raptors i love covering the whole league i think it's very exciting Mm -hmm. to do that so yeah um well thank you so much thank you to all our listeners thank you everybody watching on youtube uh and really looking forward to this nba finals actually starting And hopefully we will have more clickbaity topics for you uh, next week. Uh, Thanks again. Bye.